0: Listening to SBS on the money with Ricardo Gonçalves. Hi, everyone. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 10th of November 2022. Later, the latest on Bitcoin's fall down 23% over the past two days. But first to Origin Energy, share price up 35%, the best performer on the 200 today, after its board said it intends to accept an $18.4 billion takeover offer from a group led by Canada's Brookfield Asset Management. It highlights the appeal of Australia's energy assets. For more, I spoke earlier with David Lennox. He is a resources analyst at Fat Profits. David, firstly, what's the attraction of this Origin asset?
1: Well, look, the real attraction is probably Australian Pacific, and that's really got exposures in the Surat and Bowen Basins where they... Do extract a significant amount of LNG. And I think that's probably what uh, the uh, particular consortium will be looking for. Throw in also that they've got a very good uh, electricity network, of, uh, and uh, you've probably got what you'd say is a complete network of, uh, from supply to, to customer. So one would think that they will be really looking to extract some value out of their, the uh, LNG assets. And one would be perhaps thinking, given that Australia is a fairly small energy market when it comes to demand, they might look to perhaps monetise the electricity business and concentrate on natural gas. But of course we have to wait and see what happens with the takeover first.
0: Um, I've seen some commentaries saying that a this deal was a surprise, that it comes at a pretty uh, hefty premium. Uh, What's your take and are you surprised that the Origin Board accepted it so quickly?
1: Yeah, look, that's, that really is the surprise that the board's actually come out and accepted it quite quickly. They only in mid-October put out a fairly good um, EBITDA forecast for uh, FY23 in the uh, in the uh, up to five, 500 to $600 million, I think it was. And the market was very accepting of that amount. We did see the share price actually move quite higher over the course of uh, the trading weeks after that. And to have the market suddenly come out or have the board suddenly come out and say, well, we've accepted a $9 offer is really quite a surprise. One would have thought that you would have let, the, uh, let that uh, EBITDA update for 23 actually uh, take a little bit longer to play through into the market and let the market see that those numbers were going to improve over the course of next year and the share price might have easily uh, continued to, uh, to uh, rise
0: um, what do you think this says, this deal says, about energy security globally and the value of Australian assets? Oh, I, I think it certainly does uh,
1: place the, the Australian assets front and square when it comes to energy. Uh, that really, we've got to go back to the start of the, the Russian-Ukraine war uh, and uh, the problems that uh, Europe has had in terms of the supply of natural gas. That suddenly focused all customers on the need to diversify their supply chains. And when you do that, you've got to look for safe jurisdictions, and certainly Australia is one of those, both geopolitically and mining-wise, generally speaking. So that has placed a significant upward value on Australia's energy assets. And the fact that, A, we're not far away from Asia when it comes to shipping, and we expect Asia will, over the course of the next couple of years, grow its demand for energy considerably considerably that does put long-life-producing assets in a very prime spot when it comes to uh, valuations. And we will see those valuations start to move, especially if you've got uh, the likes of natural gas.
0: This obviously comes at an interesting time because of where oil prices are, energy costs for consumers. What do you think this also says about the ability for Australia to maintain its own energy supply?
1: Look, if Australia didn't export any LNG, we would have more gas than you could uh, poke a stick at. But uh, we do obviously generate significant amounts of revenue from LNG. So there is that balance, and that revenue does flow back through. Yes, various companies they pay they pay their employer employees, etc., etc. So look, there is a balance. But when you have a look at it overall. The real key to this is probably what the Albanese government's going to do in terms of perhaps capping natural gas supplies into the Australian domestic market. If that happens, you can expect to see a drop-off in investment in that particular segment of the market. You won't have big funds coming here wanting to invest in LNG or natural gas projects if part of uh, that, uh, that production has got to be uh, capped, uh, capped at a price, and delivered into a small market, you won't be spending billions of dollars. So look, we expect to see some form of drop-off in investment should that type of uh, cap come into place. You've got to remember, however, Western Australia already does have a a captive natural gas market. They do require a proportion of production to go into that state. So it's not something that we're unfamiliar with. It's just on a broad scale, May, uh, may change the the composition of investing in that particular sector of the industry. And, of course, with that, we would see lower production in the future. So, overall, one would expect that the the industry and those who are perhaps looking, as uh, perhaps Brookfield is, to get into the industry would be very much trying to say to the Albanese government, give us the details on the cap so that we can work with it. Let us also perhaps more naturally supply into the Australian market. Yes, the price would be higher than at at cappings, but uh, it would allow future investments to occur. So, look, at this point in time, the industry is in a state of flux, especially the domestic industry. We need to know the detail of what the Albanese government's proposing, and that's not been put on the table yet.
0: David Lennox there, resources analyst at Fat Profits. To the Australian share market. Now, which fell 0.5% on the S&P ASX 200, 6964 for all of the day's market action, including that huge fall in the Bitcoin price. I spoke earlier with Gemma Dale. She is an analyst at Nabtrade.
2: But the market was a little bit lower we had fairly weak leads from wall street where investors were not super thrilled with an unclear outcome with midterm so far so we knew that it wasn't going to be a particularly strong day the big news was the bid for origin energy brookfields which is a massive uh, canadian group along with one of their us partners has come out with a pretty strong offer nine dollars a share all cash investors really liked it it was up 40 percent this morning and that was driving certainly part of the market a little bit higher, but financials and materials were both a bit weaker, so dragged the market down a bit.
0: What we're really waiting for though, comes out of the US later tonight, CPI, inflation. What's the market expecting and what are the implications?
2: Yeah, this is all that anyone cares about at the moment and every month we are watching so closely. So the expectation for this month, for the month of October, is around 7.9%. That's a little bit weaker than September, which was above eight, but it's still incredibly strong by any standard and it's dramatically higher than the Fed's uh, preferred rate of about 2%. So we know that inflation is high, it's sticky, it's not going away anytime soon. The major implication is that markets are pricing in another 75 basis point rise in interest rates from the Fed at their next meeting. There's no expectation of a pivot or really even a slowdown in those rate increases unless there's a dramatic shift in what's happening with CPI and no one's expecting that at this particular point in time.
0: So speaking of interest rates, typically the market doesn't like a rise in interest rates because it makes it harder for companies to borrow and turn a profit, right? But rising rates isn't necessarily always bad news, right?
2: Yeah, so there are some companies that do terribly well. And when you look at Australia with a very heavy financial sector, we know banks have had their net interest margins absolutely crushed in a falling rate world. And there are other companies when you look across the market where any time that they have a cash book that they sit on and they get returns from that cash, even if they're very short term, if they can make a little bit extra on that, that can be quite beneficial for earnings. So computer Shares is a good example. Also, if you look at net wealth and Hub 24, which I platforms, businesses, for the funds management and advice industry, those guys really stand to benefit from higher rates. So you can look across the market and find some sectors that are actually going to do quite nicely.
0: A big day too for AGMs. Any catch your attention?
2: Yeah, there are a few on today. So we had Seven West Media and Nine, both obviously in the media space. Uh, the two more interesting ones were REA Group, Uh, REA actually gave a quarterly update a couple of days ago and had pointed out that even though things are looking quite a bit softer for property prices. They're still getting a number of listings, which is positive. And then Maya, also very interesting. Solomon Liu has been pushing hard to get a seat on the boards uh, for one of his preferred candidates. So Terry McCartney is his director of choice, and he actually did get up today. So he managed to get that over the line. Uh, Premier Investments, which is Solomon Liu's company, is now the largest shareholder in Maya. So he'll have somewhat more influence there.
0: And finally, uh, Bitcoin slumped again today. I think it's down 23% over the past couple of days. That comes after Binance walked away from a a takeover deal of uh, the second largest crypto exchange uh, operator, FTX. What do you think now for the cryptocurrency? Yeah, this is
2: just an extraordinary an extraordinary story. There are those who are likening it to the global financial crisis with effectively a run on one of the major trading platforms there. It may not be quite so serious, but it really rattles confidence in the sector. One of the things that uh, more traditional finance players are watching, Sequoia Capital, which is probably the best known venture capital slash private equity firm in the world, does have exposure to FTX. It is... Uh, exposed through a number of its funds and it's come out and effectively said they have written the value of those holdings down to zero for their investors. They don't think it's material because they have a very broad range of holdings. But when you have some of the world's most serious players writing down values, not of the cryptocurrency itself, but of the trading platforms to nothing, it does somewhat shake everybody's confidence. So you can see Bitcoin and certainly some of the, uh, the less serious players in the market coming under some pressure.
0: Jim Dale there from NabTrade. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.